Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can take your seats for just for a moment. Um, really want to encourage you. Uh, Empowerment Wednesday. We had a powerful, powerful time here on Wednesday. Um, we are talking about prayer. We have been, um, we're actually consecrating. We're, the church is consecrating, and the way I decided to do it, the way the Lord has led to do it, we're doing it Tuesday through Friday, and we're doing Daniel fast. Um, so if you didn't get on, in on last week, it's not too late to get in on this week. It was really powerful. We talked about um, what prayer is, and then we also um, dealt with um, the prayer of agreement. I taught on what the prayer of agreement was. How many of you were here for that? Amazing. It, it was really good. Um, and then not only after, after um, the lesson went forth, we actually demonstrated um, how to... Uh, apply the prayer of agreement because there are different prayers to different situations and so um, we exercised the prayer of agreement and um, we bunched off in, in twos and we put scripture to our prayers I mean it was really really uh, it, was, it was just amazing it was powerful um, I woke up uh, Thursday with just the prayer that had went forth in something that I was asking for um, I was really encouraged, and, and the people that were here, I believe that they were encouraged and learned a little bit more. So if you did not, um, if you did not attend this week, this Wednesday, make it a point to be here at 7 o'clock. We start at 7, and I'm trying to be done by 8 o'clock. We're going to be talking about the prayer of intercession on this week, the prayer of intercession, exercising, knowing what the prayer of intercession is and how to exercise it and apply it uh, uh, to your life. Um, and then also don't forget the uh, back to school drive, or not the back to school drive, but the point of view, 36. And please forgive me if it's a little long, um, 17 through 36. It says, as the time drew near when God would fulfill his promise to Abraham, the number of people in Egypt greatly increased. But then a new king came to the throne of Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph. And the king exploited all our people and oppressed them, oppressed them, forcing parents to abandon their new babies so they would die. And at the time Moses was born, a beautiful child in God's eyes, his parents cared for him at home for three months. And when they had to abandon him, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him, and raised him as her own. Moses was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians, Egyptians, and he was powerful in both speech and action. And one day when Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his relatives, the people of Israel. And he saw an Egyptian mistreating an Israelite, so Moses came to the man's defense and avenged him, killing the Egyptian. And Moses assumed his fellow Israelites would realize that God had sent him to rescue them, but they didn't. And the next day he visited them again and saw two men of Israel fighting. He tried to be a peacemaker. Men, he said, you are brothers. Why are you fighting each other? But the man in the wrong pushed Moses aside. Who made you ruler and judge over us? He asked. 
Are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday? And when Moses heard that he, that he fled the country and lived as a foreigner in the land of Midian, there his two sons were born. And 40 years later in the desert near Mount Sinai, an angel appeared to Moses in the flame of a burning bush. And when Moses saw it, he was amazed at the sight and he went to take a closer look. The voice of the Lord called out to him. I am the God of your ancestors, the God of Abram, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses shook with terror and did not dare to look. And then the Lord said to him, take off your sandals for you are standing on holy ground. And I have certainly seen the oppressions of my people in Egypt and I have heard their groans and have come down to rescue them. Now go. For I am sending you back to Egypt. Verse 35. It says, so God sent back the same man his people had previously rejected when they demanded, who made you a ruler and judge over us? Through the angel who appeared to him in the burning bush, God sent Moses to be their ruler and savior. And last verse. And by, many, by means of many wonders and miracles of science, he led them out of Egypt through the Red Sea and through the wilderness for 40 years. Let's bow our heads. Father God, we just praise and we thank you. Father, I pray that you would um, just be with us on today as you have uh, in the beginning of our service, in the beginning of our worship experience. Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight and that God, you, uh, your people would hear the word that you have given unto me. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may be seated. We are continuing our um, sermon series on purpose, and this is Purpose Part 2, Living with Purpose, Living with Purpose Part 2. On last week, um, I talked about um, what purpose is, and Proverbs 19 and 21 says, many are the plans in the man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose, it's the counsel that will stand. It is God's purpose. Um, when you walk out his purpose, you can try many things, but when you walk, walk out his purpose that he has for you, it's what's going to stand. It's not like you're going to be beating at the air. And it says God's greatest desire is for you to discover your purpose in life. A lot of us go through life without even really uh, understanding what it is that God ha has placed us here for. And I talked about what purpose is. And, and uh, if we can go to that screen that talks about what what is purpose? Purpose is the original t intent for a thing. It's the reason why a thing was made. The reason why uh, 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 the purpose was in the mind of the designer. For instance, as I said on last week, the chairs that we sit in. When someone decided to make the chair, its purpose was to hold someone up, was to to uh, uh, for someone to sit in a chair. Uh, it's the reason why a thing was made. It's the cause for creation. It is the original intent of the mind of the creator that motivates him to create the particular thing. So in other words, when God thought about us, uh, uh, when he thought um, you were in the mind of the creator before you ever came out, before you ever came into existence, before you were ever created in your mother's womb, God had a purpose already in mind that he decided to allow you to be created to do. Um, and, and so you're not, we talked about last week, you're not a mistake. We're not a mistake. 
We are not a mistake. I need for you to, to understand that. That even though um, you're, you're looking at your life now, you must understand and we must understand that God has created us for a particular purpose for a particular purpose what is that purpose um and and on last week i talked about how when you break down the word purpose it means beforehand before a place in other words before you ever get to a place god has already designed you for the place that he has created yeah Already, there's already places that God has for you to go, but we just have to recognize, God, where is that place that you would have for me to be? Because when you get to the place, there's blessings. When you get to the place, there's provision. When you get to the place, there is an anointing of God that's going to be on your life that's going to uh, help you to exercise in the place that he has already prepared for you. What is, when God created us, In Genesis 1 and 28, he said to be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. And on last week, I talked about uh, what that really meant, to be fruitful and multiply. A lot of times we think about it going and having babies. But it means that in your life, those things that's in your life, God wants you to be fruitful. He doesn't want you just to be barren and not producing anything and not multiplying, not allowing the things in you, your finances and all that. He wants you to multiply. He wants to multiply you. Y'all believe that? He wants to multiply you. And then it says, fill the earth. Meaning fill the earth not just with with procreation with more people, but fill the earth with his love. Fill the earth with his goodness. Fill the earth with with more of you and what he has placed inside of you. And we exercised that on last week. Um, There was a homeless man and there's a homeless man that sleeps out on the street, down, down the street. And we put that into practice filling the earth we we took him some food and 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 they didn't bother him but um they set the food where he was and uh, uh not only that when i got word back there was somebody else that had already set their set food there with him so it didn't matter whether he saw us or not it didn't matter whether he knew that we had set the food there it didn't matter whether we are saying we're open altar and we come to give you a meal today no it was distributing the love of god so that when he came out of his little makeshift home he saw the food and he said my god somebody loves me And not only that, God knew what we did. And that's all that makes a difference. In the New Testament, it talks about that if you go and you brag and if you exit and you're saying, I did this, you've already got your reward right here on heaven. So what good is it? But it says, talking about doing things that the Father sees in heaven and not to be done and seen of man. But this word, uh, uh, have dominion, it means to rule, to govern to reign and to exercise authority over there are too many times that we're allowing things to rule and to exercise authority over us versus us understanding that God wants us to have authority over those things, whether it's a habit, whether it's a thought, whether it's an emotion, whether it's feelings, whether it's an atmosphere I talked about on last week, how we can command 
the atmosphere. God has given us that power. We can walk into a room and it said of how the very shadow of a man healed. We can walk into a room and because the power and the anointing of God is on us, it can shift the very atmosphere of a room. Do y'all believe that y'all are powerful like that? And, and, and on this week, I don't know what's going on with this microphone, but um, on this week, I had to exercise some authority. I walked through my house, and, and I'm not joking. I put anointing oil on everything in the house because I was, I was tired of when I walk in the house, it was like a certain heaviness, a certain something was coming upon me. I couldn't put my finger on it. I couldn't identify it. But I said, devil, you got to go. I am. T- this is my home. And the spirit of Christ abides in here. And see, a lot of times we don't recognize when we walk into a place why we feel the heaviness. We talked about on last Saturday how we open up the doors of the church. And I ain't talking about to let anybody in, but we open up the front door. We open up the back door and we told everything, every hindering spirit to loose us hold. Some of us need to go home and do that in our own homes. Some of us need to open up the windows and the doors and let the neighbors hear you hollering and screaming and telling the enemy, I demand the spirit of depression to leave. I demand the spirit of oppression to leave. I demand every spirit that is coming to, to, to take my peace. I command for it to leave. And so some of us, that's what, that's what taking authority is. Taking authority. We talked about on last week how Moses uh, and Moses' call, uh, and I want to kind of delve more into Moses. Uh, Moses was like, how can I speak? And God said, I made your mouth, I made your ears, I made your eyes. Can I not do with it what I want? God made you. Can he not do with what he want for you? Can he not? But a lot of times what hinders us and, and, and what hinders God from moving totally in our life is that we don't empty ourselves out to him. We don't totally surrender to him. We give him halfway surrenderance. So I wanted to talk a little bit about Moses just to catch you up of where I'm at today. And we can learn some lessons from Moses about purpose and fulfilling our purpose and living on purpose. How do we live on purpose? How do we live on purpose? And so from Acts, the 17th chapter um, is, is where I'm going to pick up. Um, verse 17, it says, but when the time of the promise drew near, when the time of the promise drew near, which God has sworn to Abraham, The people grew and multiplied in Egypt till another king arose who did not know Joseph. Look at what that says. When the time of the promise drew near. When the time of the promise drew near which God has sworn to Abraham. When the time of the promise, Sister Pamela, drew near. That God had already promised. When the time of the promise, those things that God had promised you, Nikki, when it drew near, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt till another 
king arose. I need you to understand that when the promise, in order, as as uh, as the time of the promise grows near, don't stop growing. Don't stop pressing in to what God has. Don't stop pressing into the things of God. It's even though they didn't see the promise, even though the promise had never been held onto, it said that the people grew and they multiplied. They grew and they multiplied. They grew and they multiplied. Tell somebody they grew and they multiplied. Even though we don't see the promise, we got to still keep producing. You remember what it said? The Bible says to be fruitful and what? Even though you don't see the promise, continue to be fruitful. Continue to allow God to be multiplied in you. Until another king arose. Let's go to the next verse. Verse 18. It says, this man dealt treacherously with our people and oppressed our forefathers. Making them expose their babies so that they may not live. Making them expose their babies so that they might not live. When we grow in Christ, and we're, we're, we're growing, we're, we're getting hungry for Christ, and then all of a sudden, problems come, situations come. To oppress us. Where it was easy over here. We get into a situation. We're we're feeling like it's okay now. God, it feels pretty good right now. And then all of a sudden we get shifted into another season. We get shifted into another direction. We get shifted into another phase of life. Shifted. Many of us have seen a shifting in 2000, and we didn't come into 2019 with the same situation that we uh, into 2020 that we left with in 2019. There has been a shifting in our life, and we're saying, God, what in the world has happened? What in the world is going on? And so it says that this man dealt treacherously. In other words, he oppressed them. The situations that have come have come to oppress. And that very thing that's within you, that very seed of life, that very seed that God has placed within you, the Bible talks about how this new ruler came on the scene and made them, first of all, expose their babies so they may not live. Satan wants to take your desire. He wants to take your passion. He wants to take that longing and that earning that's within you through oppression, through things that comes in your life. And, and when I was looking at that, I, I was like, he wants to make you abort that which God has called for you to do. He wants you to abort the baby. But don't abort it. Even though it may not look like anything is happening, don't abort This is not a plan that you can abort. Don't abort the plan. Let's go to the next verse. (laughs) 
And it says, at this time, Moses was born and was well-pleasing to God. And he was brought up in his father's house. At this time, Moses was born. Even though we, and we all know the story of how Moses was put in a little basket and he was raised in, in Pharaoh's home. God will always provide a way. He'll always provide a way of escape. And it says that, um, and was well pleasing to God. And he was brought up in his father's house for three months. Let's go to the next verse. But when he was set out, Pharaoh's daughter took him away and brought him up as her own. Next verse. I think that's it. And Moses was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians And he was powerful in both speech and action. My first point on learning how to live on purpose is, and if you're taking notes, write this down. Take advantage of every opportunity to grow and develop. Take advantage of every opportunity to grow and develop. Verse 23 says, I need the uh, verse 22, I'm sorry. Moses was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was both powerful, was powerful in both speech and action. He took advantage, even though he was not with his biological mother, he was in a place that he could learn. He was in a place. God has strategically placed him in, 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 in a place to where he could be taught the wisdom of God. He could be taught the wisdom of the Egyptians and both powerful, uh, but was powerful in both speech and action. Moses didn't say, well, uh, I'm adopted. He didn't say, well, I fell on hard times. But Even though Moses found himself in a strange land, in a strange place, it says that he was taught all the wisdom and he was powerful, meaning that he took advantage of what was being taught to him. He was both powerful in speech and actions. And a lot of times that even though we may find ourselves in a tough situation, we may, it may look like, God, what are you doing? We don't take that time to take advantage of digging into the word, of knowing what the word of God says. God, what are you saying? God, what do you want me to do? Taking that time as an opportunity to grow and to develop. The Bible says that the testing of our faith produces uh, uh, perseverance. In other words, when we go through trials, when we go through situations, it is there to produce, it is there to grow us, it is there to strengthen us, even though it doesn't look like it. I had to on this week, I literally, I had a team, I I mean, this week, I I can't even begin to tell you the things that I was just dealing with. And, um, and I had a team that uh, from up uh, in Pennsylvania and, and uh, Baltimore, they, they called me and got me on a conference call and they just began to pray and began to intercede over my behalf. And, and one of the things that somebody prayed was said that, God, you have her in the palm of your hand. 
You have her in the palm of your hand. And please let her know that these things she's going through right now is not worthy to be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed in her after she gets through this situation. There are times that we go through things that we will not take advantage and take advantage of the word. And so I had to begin to quote to myself, God, you got me in the palm of your hand. God, you have me in the palm of your hand. I'm the apple of your eye. I'm above and not beneath. I had to begin to talk to myself and encourage myself. I had to dig into the word of God and say uh, 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 what you're dealing with. Spirit man, rise up in me. I had to begin to say that it's not worthy to be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed. I don't see the glory yet. I don't feel the glory. I don't even understand, God, what the glory means. But I stand this day and saying what I'm going through, God, is not worthy to be compared to whatever the glory is that you have for me. Got to take that opportunity instead of crying. And Lord told me this week, shut up crying. I, I told people on Wednesday, it was like, oh, I was going before God, and, oh God, oh, and, and, and God said, take authority, come with me. He says, boldly come to the throne of grace. Come to the throne, come boldly. And so I had to, 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 to gird up my loins, so to speak. And I had to put on my big girl pants. And get before God and say, God, you've made me. I'm beautiful. I'm wonderful. I thank you, God. I began to praise God. I took, instead of allowing the situations, instead of allowing my own emotions and my own thoughts to overcome and to take me and cause me to be down in a state, I began to take authority and rulership over what I was thinking and feeling. Make the most of every opportunity to grow. That's why it's so important. Yeah, we can stay home. Yeah, we can watch uh, 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 by live stream. But there is nothing like being in the presence of other people. There's nothing like being in the presence of others that you can draw on and they can be. And we learned that on this week. When we were in agreement, we took the word of God and, and when we shared what it is that we were asking God for. And literally we prayed and we agreed with one another. So take the most of every opportunity that you have to learn and grow. Open Altar Worship Center is an awesome place to put your heels in and to dig and to learn. And if it's not, then there's plenty of other places out there where you can go. Hmm. You ain't got to be here. Point number two. Point number two says, purpose will be revealed through strong impulses in our heart. Let's look at uh, Acts 7, 24 and 25. It says, he saw an Egyptian mistreating an Israelite. And so Moses came to the man's defense and avenged him killing the Egyptian. Moses assumed his fellow Israelites would realize that God had sent him to rescue them, but they didn't. There was a translation. Um, there was a translation that said, uh, 
he, he had a yearning. He felt a, a compelling in his heart. That compelling in his heart to rescue, to rescue his fellow Israelite, even though he was an Egyptian, there was a pulling and a tugging. He saw the mistreatment that the Israelite was going through. And now, y'all, let me tell you, when I was doing some research um, and what this, what, what was the, uh, what the Israelite was going through, let me tell you what he was going through. What had happened was the taskmaster master of the Israelite had saw the Israelite's wife. He was like, yeah, she looked good. And so what he decided to do, the taskmaster, master, the taskmaster decided to send the servant out. Send him out to work so that he can go and lay with his wife. Ooh. So y'all got to, that's what I'm saying, y'all got to read behind so we sent the man's wife out, I mean the man's husband, the woman's husband out, so that he could lay with his wife. And so Moses, and then not only that, when he sent him out, he was making him do extra duty because the man was like, look, why did you do this with my wife? And so the man got mad. The, t the taskmaster got mad and decided he was going to oppress the servant even more, the Israelite even more. So Moses saw all of this. And Moses said, no, that's wrong. It's wrong for you to do that. And so when we see somebody being done in, in uh, disjustice, what, what, what goes on in our heart? What goes on in our mind? Do we just let it happen? Do we just keep on letting it go? Or do we're like, no. Or when we see another brother or sister going wayward, do we just say, okay, they're all right? It's okay? But Moses felt a compelling in his heart. It was that compelling in his heart that he knew that, wait a minute, God's called me to rescue. God's called me to rescue this servant. And so it said that Moses ended up Killing the man. Buried him in the sand. And so, in the next verse, this is my next point. 26, it says, the next day after Moses, now here it is, he done offended the man. It says, the next day he visited them again and saw two men of Israel fighting. And he tried to be a peacemaker. So in other words, the two men that were fighting were really two Israelites because what happened was the man decided that it was, it was the woman's brother because the man said, now you done laid with the taskmaster, now I want to divorce you. I want to put you away because you were unfaithful. And so the brother and the husband were fighting. And so Moses was like, but you don't understand the whole story. And so he said he tried to be a peacemaker. Now, the very man that Moses went to defend, he says, men, he said, you are brothers. Why are you fighting each other? Next verse. 
And it says, but the man in the wrong pushed Moses aside. Who made you ruler and judge over us, he asked. Are you going to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? So in other words, that who he came to rescue turned on him, rejected him, rejected. We are going to receive rejection. We are those very people who we try to help, those very uh, uh, things that we try to do. You're not always going to be accepted. But the other thing that really got me about this, it says that Moses said he did it. The reason our motive, his motive behind why he did what he did. Um, what, look, look up at the next verse, uh, verse 26. It says, no, 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 uh, 27. Is it 27? Um, you are going to kill the Egyptian. Uh, go up one verse. He tried. Um, he said, you are brothers. Why are you fighting? Go down verse um, 28. I'm sorry. I can't find the verse. But what it was saying, what it said was, they'll know that I'm sent to deliver them. In other words, Moses was trying to move out too soon. He was trying to move out under his own power and his own authority. And so when we live on purpose, don't move out too soon. Don't move too quickly. Don't move ahead of God. And a lot of times we move ahead of God. We know that God has said to do this. And I was listening to something this week and it was talking about the, the perfect will of God and the permissive will of God. There is a perfect will of God. And there is a permissive will. The perfect will is, is that God says, yes, do it. And you walk in his perfect will. The permissive will is, is that when you decide to go and do things on your own, it's not against what God wants, but you decide that you're going to go and do it ahead of God. That's his permissive will. His, his permissive will is, is that you can do it, but my hand is not going to be upon it. You can do it or you can move ahead. But it's going to be some struggle because you moved ahead of me. So we want to make sure that we don't move out too soon. We want to make sure that we don't move out prematurely. And a lot of us will move out prematurely ahead of God. Uh, 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 just because God said to do something, we boom, we move. Instead of waiting and being patient into what it is and God says move, there is a time to move. There's a way to move and a timing of God. And, and, and I was even speaking, uh, praying on, on my own situations this week. And there's things that I want God to do. And, and one thing in particular, and I, but my prayer was to God, God, I don't want to try to bend your hand. Y'all know what that means? Bend God's hand means that you want something so bad that you are willing to to connive and to coerce God into giving it to you even though he knows that it's not good for you. Y'all understand that? In other words, I just use a car as an example. You need and want a new car. And so you go to the car lot and you look at the new car and the man says, I got a really good deal for you. Payments can be low and all of this. And you go home and you say, God, I want the car. I need a car. 
you, by God, you, you want me to have a car. But God says, wait. Wait, wait a couple of months. And you still, you're going before God. God, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. Well, guess what? God's going to give it to you. Even though it's not his timing. Even though he's telling you to wait. You can go and get it. Payments is right. You go and sign the paperwork. And then you can't even hardly halfway make the payments. Because you moved ahead of God. Anybody ever been there before? I know I have. I moved ahead of God. I moved too soon. And I'm, I'm, I got to hurry up. Um, are y'all getting anything out of this? Living on purpose means that we got to stop running when things get rough. Things got rough for Moses. After he killed the Egyptian, Pharaoh was then on his track. Pharaoh was going to kill him. You don't kill an Egyptian. He thought he had got away with it. But because the times had got rough, in verse 29, it says that um, when Moses heard that, heard that Pharaoh was after him, he fled the country and lived as a foreigner in the land of Midian. There his two sons were born. And there are times because we don't want to face discipline. We don't want to face the, the consequences of our actions. Everything that we do has a consequence, has, has a consequence to it, whether good or bad. And for me, and I pray all the time, Lord, I want to walk in your blessings. I don't want to move ahead. I don't want to force you to do anything. And you're like, well, how can you force God? God's not going to go against your will. You can will a thing. You can want it so bad. God said you want it, you got it. But then when the time comes, when it gets rough, we want to run instead of face some things. God, well, why am I in this situation? Because you didn't manage your money properly. Well, God, why am I going through this? Because I told you not to go over here and get this over here. Or because I told you I wanted you to fast and pray. And so this came upon you because you should have fasted and prayed because you would have known what direction to take. God's not going to punish you. But there's consequences to our actions. So when times get rough, Moses ran. And when times get rough, we run. instead of We run away from God instead of running to God. We have to run to God. Verse number five, I got one more point after this one. And this is where I really, really wanted to get to. Verse 30 and 34. It says, 40 years later in the desert near Mount Sinai, an angel appeared to Moses in the flame of a burning bush. And it says, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard their groans and have and have come down to rescue them. Now go, for I am sending you back to Egypt. Verse 34. It says, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard their groans and have come down to rescue them. Now go, for I'm, verse 35, I'm sorry. That was it, 34. Moses is in the desert. He was running because of the sin that he had committed. Even though he was called to rescue God's people, he had moved out too soon. 
Now I want, um, I want my display. In order for Moses to be totally used of God. See, before when he went to go rescue the people of God, he had too much of himself in him. And then I need uh, uh, a thing of water, Richard. A big thing of water, enough to, to fill that up. He was too much. He was filled with too much of himself. God wants to use us, but we are filled with too much of ourselves. <laughs> We're filled with too much pride. We're filled with hurt. We're filled with the debris of the world. We're filled with people talking to us and saying that we can't do it. We're filled with the wrong things. And so when Moses went to the burning bush, God says, I have you just where I want you. Just where I want you. Moses, you're on holy ground. Take off your sandals. Take off you. Take off your mindset. Take off how you think things should be done. Lay it aside. Lay it aside, Wendy, of how you think your life should be right now. Lay it aside of how you think that things should go. How many of you, when you were growing up, you said, by this age, I'm going to be this. Richard, I need, oh, okay, I can pour, I can use that to pour it in. When I get this age, I'm going to be this. And when I get that age, I'm going to be that. Even in the year of 2020, we have made some, 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 uh, we've made some, some, uh, some promises or some, some, some dreams and some visions. We have some things in the year of 2020. But suppose it doesn't turn out like you're thinking it's going to turn out. Here we go. Suppose it don't turn out the way, y'all get a laugh out of that. <laughs> Gonna laugh. Suppose that it don't turn out the way that you're desiring it to turn out. And many of you can honestly say right now, this ain't how I intended for it to be. And so, years of disappointments, years of hurt, layers and layers of stuff. Smells good. Want to smell it? Come smell it. I'm serious. Smell it. Come smell it. You smelling good? It smells good. I smell good. But layers and layers. And God said, I need you to come to the burning bush. I need you to empty out yourself. Some stuff is going to be hard to come out, but I need you to get in my presence. I need for you to empty yourself out of everything. Some stuff don't want to come out. This was a hidden layer 
hidden things. And so I need somebody to help me get this out because it ain't coming out easy. Some things, hold this, Nikki. Some things got to be forced out. doesn't want to come out easy, empty, out. <laughs> it's a lot of mess in there. Yeah, so it smells good, don't it? It smells all right. We come to church. We look good. We smell good. We go about our daily lives. Smell good. But this is all the years and the stuff that we've allowed to come in. And so, so God says to get into my presence. Now, Richard done brought me this big bowl, and I need your help, Richard. And in the presence of God, he begins to pour himself into you. And as you're calling out to God and saying, God, empty me. I've emptied myself. He's saying, I'm pouring more of me in you. I'm pouring more of my anointing. I'm pouring more of my power. I'm pouring more of my word. I'm pouring more of me in you. As I began to say, Lord, I love you. Lord, I surrender myself to you. God, I give you all of me. God, here I am. Here's my situations. I can't fix it. I can't do it, God. God, I lay myself before you. God, whatever you want to do in my life, here I am. He begins to pour more in you until you there is an overflow of him in your life. An overflow. And then what happens is that which contaminated you, you can stop now. You're so filled up with God. You're so filled up with God. Moses got so filled up with God in the presence of God. Then in verse 35 and 36, the word of God says that, and so God sent Moses back. The same man, he sent God, uh, sent back the same man his people had previously rejected. And when they demanded, who made you ruler over judge through the angel who appeared to him in the burning bush? God sent Moses to be their savior. Some of the things God is going to send you back to. To go and deal with. But this time it's going to be a difference because there's going to be an anointing on you. You're going to be filled up with the word of God and not self. And it said that, and by means of many wonders and miraculous signs, Moses led them out of Egypt through the Red Sea and through the wilderness. When the anointing of God is on your life, ain't no demon in hell can stop you. When the anointing of God is on your life. You're a mover and a shaker. Anybody want to be a mover and a shaker? 
way that we can be a mover and a shaker. We got to empty ourselves out. Empty all the hurt out. Empty all the disappointment out. Let's stand to our feet. God wants to anoint us. He wants you to live on purpose. He wants to fill you up with more of him. More of him. More of him. We got to stay in the presence of God. With everything that's going on in the world today, we got to stay in the presence. We got to stay in the Word of God. We get so caught up in what's going on down here. Let me share one thing with you that the Lord spoke to me on this week about. He said, Wendy, don't get caught up with what's going on down here. Set your mind on the kingdom. Set your mind. The Bible says that when we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we will be filled. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And it was Monday, and I'm sorry, Thursday. I walked down to the end of my driveway. I began to walk back to the house. And I began to cry. God spoke one word to me. And I began to yell it and scream it. And it caused my tears to dry up. And it was kingdom. I began to tell myself, focus on the kingdom. I began to speak to myself and say, focus on the kingdom. Don't focus on what's going on down here. Focus on the kingdom. The kingdom. Because you can pull the kingdom down into your situation. So as I began to say, I'm kingdom minded. My thoughts are focused on the kingdom. My thoughts are focused on you, God. My thoughts are focused on your promises. My thoughts are focused on your power, God. My tears began to dry up. And I began to walk even taller and say, I'm a kingdom I'm a mighty woman of God. Kingdom, kingdom. I don't see it right now. But by faith, I'm walking as a daughter of the king. I'm walking as a son of the king. So I thank our Facebook Live viewers and our online viewers. Our perspective of ourselves has to change. 
has to change. Becoming kingdom-minded. Don't get so caught up in the pursuits of this world. It's okay. God says that I will supply all of your needs. He knows what you need. But focus on him. Focus on him. Empty yourself out to him. Let's bow our heads. I hope this message helped somebody today. God wants us to exercise the authority and the power that he's given us. Take authority over those things that would pull you away from him. Take authority over those things that would try to steal your peace. Take authority and rulership over those things that's hindering you from moving forward in him. Focus on him first. If y'all could just understand Focus on him first. Put him first. Put him first in everything. Put him first. Put him first. So everybody just lift your hand. Lord, we empty ourselves out to you today. First of all, let me ask you, do you want to empty yourself out? We learned on last week that, or this Wednesday, that we could be praying for something, but if it's not somebody's will, it ain't going to work. Do you want to empty yourself out before God? God, we empty ourselves out before you. Everything about us, God, we give it to you. You made us. You know, God. You know, Father, what's in us. And you know God was not in us. So we empty ourselves out to you, Lord. We empty our desires. We empty our thoughts. We empty our expectations, Father. We empty ourselves out to you, God. And saying, here we are, Father. Here we are, God. We totally surrender to you, Lord. We give it all to you, Lord. We're not holding on to bitterness. We're not holding on to hurt. We're not holding on to disappointment. We're not holding on to anything, God. But God, we say we willingly let it go. We let it go, God. Unforgiveness, we let it go, Father. 
We give it all to you, Father. We empty ourselves out to you today. And now, Lord, we ask that you would fill us with more of you. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your desire to live like you. Fill us with your hunger for your word. Fill us with your thoughts, Father. Fill us up, oh God. Fill us up to we're overflowing, God. Fill us up, Father, to where we don't have to wonder whether it's you or not. But fill us up, oh God, so that we can know your voice even the more, God. Fill us up, God, hallelujah, so that your voice and your way is made plain to us, oh God. Fill us up, oh God. Hallelujah, God. We're letting it go, God. We're letting everything go, God. Because God... We cannot hold on to this and reach out to you at the same time. So we're letting it go so that we can freely reach out to you, God. And Lord, we don't say it out of our mouth, your will be done in our life, but we say it, God, your will be done in us as it is in heaven. Your will be done in us, oh God. Your will be done in us. God, because we want to be kingdom-minded. And we want to be imitators of you. (laughs) Jesus, you emptied yourself out on the cross. Even though you didn't do anything wrong, you emptied yourself out. So that we can have an example of how to empty ourselves out. So God, I say fill us up. Till we overflow. Fill us up, oh God. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Was that not a powerful word? Amen. Amen. Yeah, she gave us three, five, six, six pointers. And I know for me, it was a couple things in there I took that I'm going to try to implement this week. Amen. Amen. We ought to be able to take something from the word and live by it. Amen. That's why we come. Amen. So we can grow and be stronger in the Lord. Amen. So when others see us, they'll see Jesus. Amen. And they'll be drawn to what's in us. Amen. Jesus said, I draw all men unto me. How is he going to draw them unto us? To him through us. We got to live with purpose. Amen. That's what we're talking about. So uh, we're going to take up our offerings now. Amen. It's time to give.